Our Old Testament lesson today comes from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing, as on the day of a festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all of your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into peace, into praise, and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From Zephaniah. This prophet lived in a time when Israel faced great fear and oppression. As many of the prophets, they share a time when the world would be about to turn upside down. Something is going on in the world that is not right, and the prophets come to share what God is doing and what God has already done. Zephaniah does the same thing. And in the third chapter, it starts to turn. It starts to turn into rejoicing and singing. Singing. You don't usually hear me sing because I am a really good shower singer. But I often have a song in my heart and in my head. I sometimes wonder if I should have a theme song. But... Sometimes the words on those are probably not appropriate, and sometimes they're just silly. But you all know, the players come out to a theme song to all the sporting events. I've often wondered what mine would be. I haven't come up with one yet. This week, though, it's probably from The Sound of Music, because our kids are learning the songs from The Sound of Music. We are playing them in small, little bits so that one day we can watch the whole movie in its entirety. But they love to hear it over and over again. We've been listening to Do Re Mi. We have an Alexa and we always say, Alexa, play Do Re Mi. And it's so fun. Um, But what if life were like this musical or any musical? Eric and I have recently seen um, the Book of Mormon not too long ago. And every turn, you break out and dance, and you have a song, and it's just full of life. And what if life were like this? I wonder if our lives would be better, if our spirits would be a little bit fuller. I wonder if we broke out in all of our feelings in song, what would happen? There's an art and faith The Art and Faith Matters blogger, Lynn Miller, writes a little bit about Zephaniah. As Zephaniah calls on Israel to sing and shout and rejoice and exult because the Lord was in Israel's midst. 
Rejoice, Israel, land and people, politically and religiously, because you have been reassembled. During Advent, Lynn Miller states, Christians look forward to the day that is to come, a day when God is again Emmanuel with us in our midst, when creation is put back together, the broken places are healed, the rough places are plain, and when we, what, but what will we look like on that day, she wonders. What will we look like on that day when God does all that Zephaniah prophesies, that God rejoices with singing in the midst of our heartache and struggle? Zephaniah calls us to rejoice, to remember that God is here. God is working. God will quiet us with his holy love and rejoice over us with singing. All while God gathers gathers all of us, the lame, the poor, the broken, the outcast, bringing us home and righting the world. Now we come to two more prophets in our story, Elizabeth and Mary. Imagine this scene, an older woman who has not been able to get pregnant And then God blesses her with the pregnancy of a son who will shape the world in a new way. This son will call forth repentance with baptism of water and showing the way to the one who will baptize in spirit. This older woman, this older mother, is greeted with a young pregnant woman. And when they meet the baby and the older woman's belly leaps with joy. I wonder what kind of musical this would be. What song would come out from this? Well, listen to these words, to the familiar story to many of us, and listen with new ears to the song that does come. This is from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to the Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me and his holy name. In his mercy for those who fear him from generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And then Mary remained with her, being Elizabeth, about three months and returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So these two women, Elizabeth and Mary, one older, one younger. This is a scene where women are the central characters. This would have been subversive during the time of Luke's writing. Two women, and they have voice. And not just a few lines, but a whole song, a whole conversation. These women birth new prophets into the world and turn the world upside down. Women who were not listened to or maybe even thought much of. And women who are usually silent in our Christmas pageants. They're supposed to look meek and mild. But these women stand and they speak truth and they birth new and powerful people into the world. The voice that Mary has is so much more than this meek and mild, pensive picture we often think of. Instead, her voice sings of what God has done. God has favor. God has blessed her, someone of her low stature. And she continues. She says God has strength with his arm scattered the proud thoughts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the holy, filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away. God is coming to remember the promises he made to Abraham and his descendants. What I find so interesting is that the songs that are throughout scripture, and there are many, are important in storytelling. They tell us how the culture was at the time. If we think of the storytelling in our own world, we think of the songs that have shaped our country in the last 50 years, you can see the various genres that have changed, in th- uh, changed our thought, changed how we engage the world. We can think of civil rights We can think of the 70s. We can think of the hippie era. We can think of all sorts of places. Motown was birthed. We can think of hip-hop. Eric and I are actually watching the the evolution of hip-hop right now on Netflix, and it's fascinating to think of how storytelling is shaped by how we share music. It gets stuck in our heads. It gets stuck in our hearts in those deep places and reminds us of times long ago, good or bad, whatever they may be, but there is a memory associated with music. And Mary's song is no different. 
Mary sings of this song similar to Zephaniah, similar to David, similar to so many in Scripture. It's funny, we don't have more musicals that come from Scripture. We have Joseph, and we have Jesus Christ Superstar, but what about all of the other places? There's so many songs. So these, these songs throughout Scripture, they move the story, they tell the story in a different way, they tell the story in subversive ways, they tell the story that gets into our beings, and they are passed down to our children. My mom used to sing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot as um, we were going to sleep as kids. So that's my memory. And I sing that same song to my children every night that they want a song. <laughs> but I sing that every night. And it is something that was not taught to me in school. It was not taught to me in church. But it was taught by my family by the song being passed down. I've since learned more about that song and the subversiveness that that song can bring. How that could be offensive to some other people because it was a way to communicate for the powers that be and for the slaves to be free, to get to freedom. And I sing that proudly now to my children so that they know the story. They know the songs that shape our culture that lead people to freedom. So these songs through scripture tell the story. They teach these powerful truths. They can be sorrowful. They can be joyful, subversive, and sometimes in the midst of truth and telling, downright offensive. Last week, the Washington Post published an article called Mary's Magnificant. In the Bible is revolutionary. Some evangelicals silence her. The author writes about her experience of being Mary in the church pageant when she was 15 and how the Mary she knew and grew up with was meek and mild. As an adult, the author re-engaged the text to find Mary to be a revolutionary. The author shares that the power and the provocativeness in Mary's song gets silenced by so many in the church, and even in modern-day songs. Most sing or read about the first few verses of Mary's song, but then they trail off. They don't make such great songs to sing. The author writes these words, why has this song been forgotten or trimmed for so many people who grew up evangelical or in the church? It could be a byproduct of the Reformation, which caused Protestants to devalue Mary in reaction to Catholic theology, or a lack of familiarity with liturgy and an emphasis on other texts. Or perhaps the song doesn't sound like good news if you're well-fed, rich, or in a position of power and might, or if you benefit from systems that oppress? How does the Magnificent feel if you aren't one of the lowly, if you aren't as vulnerable and humble as Mary? Those words were a little bit stinging. 
as I prepared for this sermon, I went back again, because our passage initially, as you see in the bulletin, stops before Mary's song. Again, Mary could have been silenced this Christmas, but after reading this, there was no way I was going to silence Mary again. There was no way to leave out a few extra verses that because of for time or I just don't want to read that part, whatever was not going to be trimmed this year. I wonder why it's comfortable to keep Mary quiet and pensive instead of bold and truth-telling. I wonder how we how you and I hear this story if we benefit from systems that oppress, if we are all well-fed, if we feel powerful instead of vulnerable. I wonder if you and I can join where God is fulfilling these promises. I wonder if you and I can stand up like Mary and join those who are speaking truth. I wonder if we listen to the prophets of our own day, those who are lowly and poor, who speak, speak truth that may cause us to cringe, that are not as loud as the newscasters or the marketing departments. I wonder what would happen if we listened to those voices. I wonder if we allowed Jesus to break into our lives, to transform how we live, how we listen, how we pray, how we tell the story, and even how we sing. I wonder what would happen. I wonder if we would be there where Zephaniah is hoping we will be on that day when God gathers us, when God rejoices and sings over us. I wonder if we opened our hearts and our minds would we be transformed? Friends, the challenge this Christmas is to listen to the music, to the songs that are in our own hearts, that are speaking about this subversiveness, that is speaking to us to call us home of the hungry being fed, the oppressors that will be brought down. We've lit the candles of hope, peace, joy, and love. Friends, these are subversive words. They are not passive. They are powerful. They are full of action. These are the words of the women, Elizabeth and Mary. These are the words of the prophet Zephaniah. And these are the marks of the coming Christ. May we live in anticipated hope that the world is about to turn. Amen.